Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Jess. Hey. <laughs> Hold so on. sorry about that. It's okay. It's not a problem. These things happen. <laughs> yeah. Technical difficulties. It's okay. Definitely. So anyways, uh, we were talking about, uh, I'm not okay with this. Yes. So, so, you're, I, you're, so you were saying? Yeah. Like I've not seen it yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. <clears throat> so I'm all about hearing about it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. It's actually one of those shows that is really good and it doesn't end the way that you think it's going to end because of the fact you're expecting a main antagonist at the very end of it and stuff like that, but it ends on a different note than any other first season. And then also too, and every, everything too, they actually do tie up maybe one loose end in that whole entire season, but you don't actually see the main antagonist at all. So they save. So they're actually saving the flavor with the main antagonist. Hmm. So they're actually doing something a little bit different that I can actually appreciate on. <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, another show that I've watched recently that I thought that was really good was well, there's also that Tiger King thing that they did, which. Oh god. Yeah, I watched it because of the fact that I wanted I was just laughing at how stupid uh that how stupid Joe Exotic was. And then after that it turns into this whole entire dark story about everything that he's done. Yeah, and if you (laughs) if you're into the whole Tiger King thing, you need to go where it originated and watch the wonderful um the wild and wonderful whites like see i'm a west virginia girl so i'm that's where my hometown is and from boone county that's down in the deep unknown southern parts of west virginia that nobody wants to go to like i don't recommend it but they are they put joe exotic to to shame like joe exotic looks like a saint compared to them and it's just It's it's insanity is what it is, and right. I'm all about the guilty pleasures, but it's just I can only take so much stupidity at a time. I <laughs> <laughs> like I watched one episode of the Tiger King, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, like I can't. <laughs> like, but then I'm starting as as I'm watching this show though, I'm actually thinking, well, the guy did make forty five thousand dollars off of a Tiger show. 
Yeah, and like, I don't know, I don't know if anybody else does it, but I randomly walk around the house, and I blame TikTok and Joe Exotic for this. I walk around the house and say, Carol Baskin, who killed her husband, whacked him, then like have a (laughs) full-blown conversation. Like, please tell me I'm not the only one who does that. And it's so embarrassing after a while. Right. Even my two-year-old nephew, he goes around screaming Carol Baskin. And I'm like, so this is what the coronavirus has done to humanity. (laughs) So then, you know, like I've I've stated, I'm a visualizer. So I, I don't know if anybody's watched Trailer Park Boys. But that is a, a guilty pleasure of mine as well. You know, that is stupidity for me. And the character Bubbles, you know, he loves his kitties. And I just think if Bubbles were to watch the K- Tiger King, how he would feel about it. And I don't think he would fucking like it. So I don't think so either. <laughs> he might, like, what about my fucking kitties? <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's also some other stuff that I actually binged too. Like I did, I have uh, Amazon Prime, and I binged watch Hunters with Al Pacino. Ooh, that was good. If you're into history, a little bit of history and stuff like that, but that was actually a good show. I love history. I'm a history buff. Right, and what this show is about is about. the Jewish people taking out of the um, the camps and everything, and they're getting revenge on all the Nazis that came into America. Hmm. So, I really love that show on the way they actually uh, handled it. Then, of course, you also have this other show called Upload that I watched. It's really different. <laughs> like, you're in the it's a futuristic science fiction show where basically the cars drive themselves. This one kid, the, this one guy who's actually a womanizer player kind of guy who gets into a car wreck and then his girlfriend uploads him into basically the internet kind of thing where his soul is actually uh, being uploaded into this hard drive where they, he can actually live with other people that died. Wow, that that sounds disturbing and something I would really enjoy. Um, it kind of reminds me of Future Man, a Hulu original. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> it's like either you can go ahead and have regular surgery and die and be buried normal, or you can go ahead and be uploaded and be in this virtual world hmm. <laughs> and everything and be a part of that and then you can even witness your own funeral too and see who's actually there so then you can just mourn in the afterlife right like right wow okay and this is a an amazon prime you say yeah okay well i don't have prime so i I don't know how i would watch that (laughs) basically i'm bumming one of my friends's uh accounts so that's that's what's up (laughs) yeah my, one of my friends is like, you know what, man? I'm going to hook you up because I want you to check out The Boys, that superhero show. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that show is good. If you're thinking that you're going to root for the superheroes, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> hey, I like because, the villains. I'm all about the villain life, so it's it's okay. Let me just tell you this. The villains are pretty much the heroes in this one because 
the superheroes are really douchebags. Really huge douchebags. Well, that's how I perceive them as well, so. Right. And so, it's like... What other shows have you, uh, that, did you think that that was actually pretty good that we should check out? Well, um, it's, it's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> um, The Last Kingdom, like I said, um, The Tudors, it's another, um, medieval kind of historic thing um Tudors is very well uh shoot I haven't watched much lately due to work <laughs> as much as I would like to um so I I can't really think of anything else I've watched recently that I've, I've just been over the moon with right um, well, actually, I was just recently introduced to Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> like that's what I, I was wondering about. Like, I knew they. I was like, wait, where does this Reaper stuff come from? All of a sudden, after I've been trying to get you into Sons of Anarchy for a while. I know, and like, I'm so sorry, but like, I just I had intentions on watching it, but. I don't know what kept me from doing it. I guess I got overwhelmed because there were so many seasons at that point and like Mm -hmm. so many episodes per season, then it's an hour an episode, you know, but I binged it um, a couple of months ago. And I tell you, I have never been so conflicted with a a television show than I was with Signs of Anarchy. Um, But I'm a huge fan (laughs) Like, I love it now. Um, and I also read somewhere that Kurt Sutter was supposed to kind of have like a spinoff with um, Abel and Thomas, but I don't know if that's still going to be in production or not. I don't like think I've... so, because he actually got fired from the Mayans TV show. Like, he actually did a spinoff show of the Mayans. I don't know yeah. if I knew that or not. Yeah, I knew that, but I never wanted to watch it because I didn't care about the Mayans and Sons of Anarchy. Like, they were just trash to me, so. <laughs> right. And Well, here's the thing. With me, I gave it at least four episodes. I'm like, if it's not feeding me at four four episodes, I'm not going to check it out. And right. it just didn't have that same mark, high mark for me as Sons of Anarchy did. But Kirk actually got fired for, on the set of of the Mayans for the second season, so I don't know if they're going to still do that or not. But I want him. I want them to actually focus on the original uh, members of um, of Sons of Anarchy because there's a lot of stuff that they can actually do with that. Absolutely. Especially when, especially when you look at Opie's dad, and then also too, <sighs> I want to see the conflict between Jax's father and Clay. Yes, and absolutely. So I want to see that, I, and especially when you're looking at war heroes coming home, and then their environment is totally different from when they were in war, and then they have to find another way to actually uh, form this club, and how it actually turned out to be about selling weapons and everything else. So that's what I want to see. Yes, I do too. Like I want the backstory of Sam Crow. You know. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And like the original members and right. what happened back in the day. Because, you know, with everything was fueled by John Teller and all this. And it's just, it's just, it's baffling to me. 
Oh, you want to know something? I don't know if you know this or not, but this is like a little fun fact about the show. Uh, Kurt actually based that off of Macbeth. I read that on the trivia. Um, yep. And also, like, another little fun fact, Katie Sagol and Kurt Sutter are actually married in real life. Yep. And um, Happy, the character Happy, he is legitimately a Hell's Angel. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, him. Him and Larry the Pimp are are legitimate Hell's Angels, um, and Happy's you know tattoos are legit. <laughs> so I had a feeling they were, and yeah. I like Happy. Happy's actually one of my favorite he characters. he is like he bless him, Lord bless him. <laughs> like I loved him, but like one thing I still cannot get over is. Opie's fate like I that I saw that and I swear I had to I stopped watching for I think like two weeks because it took me that long then I don't know if anybody else realized it but like when I first saw him I'm like why does he look and sound so familiar because I use sound you know as a familiar familiar thing and it's freaking Gary Bertier from remember the titans yep and I'm, I'm sitting awesome. there, I'm like, strong side, question mark? <laughs> like, should I be making jokes at this point or not? Like, how do I successfully get through this? But, you know, when it comes to characters' deaths, because I was invested in Opie. I loved Opie. Opie's character is one of my favorites. Mine, too. Like, his de- his character development is is fantastic. Like, I just, I love him. Same here. And it's like, too, it also hits you with feels because he's like in between his wife and everything, too. It's like at the very first season, you see where he's having that, have, has that struggle of either going straight and keeping his wife, or he goes off with Jax and he loses his wife, but he can also earn food for his family. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do I do? You know? Exactly, and talk about character development. Um, Tara, let's just talk about Tara for a minute, okay? She, Lord, I love her too. Like as far as far as female roles, Katie Segal was great in that show. Don't get me wrong, but I loved Tara. Tara is, I felt like I related to her because her development. You know, she was shy and conservative and very to the book and to the point. Then by season seven, she was done, like fed up, which I could get if I wasn't went through all that bullshit, too. I'd be kind of fed up as well. Right. But that's another character death that, oh, Lord, <laughs> it took me a while to get over that, too. Exactly. Like, really? Really, Gemma? Really? You gotta be a bitch? Exactly. And then, you know, even she was having a hard time trying to uh, be in this club, too, just like Opie. So her and Opie has that common ground where, you know, where's my place in this thing now? Yeah. You know, and Gemma's trying to everything for people to accept her as well Mm -hmm. and not show that she's a pushover and my favorite part is where girl thinks that she's going to get Jax, and then here comes Tara. 
and she just basically punches the hell out of her. <laughs> yeah. In the bathroom, <laughs> which I loved. And then she just goes on ahead and makes out with Jax, and they just have sex right on the, on top of the sink. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. not gonna lie, she, that was pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, she found her spot in this club now. Yeah. And she's made her mark. Yes. <laughs> so I definitely love that. I love Bobby Elvis. As oh well. my goodness, yes, bless him too. <laughs> Bobby is one of my favorites in there. He was like the heart of the club besides Piney. Yep. Um, but poor poor Bobby didn't see his his fate coming to him either. No pun intended. No. But, you know. <laughs> what did he hear? <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't see it coming. No, not at all. <laughs> but, you know, it is so perfectly well written. I love the dra- drama with it, the action with it. Ron, you can get a better sleazy. Uh, here's the thing: Ron Perlman's a great actor, but you can get anybody else to play that character besides Ron Perlman for Clay. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes, like you know, when you watch a show the first time, you, there's a lot of stuff you don't pick up on, but then you watch it again and you realize things you didn't realize the first time so it's the first time that Gemma and Clay get in their little argument or whatever at uh Telemaro and Gemma (laughs) I quote it daily she came around and looked at Clay and was like your arthritic mitts need a good bang don't they (laughs) (laughs) that part made me laugh I was oh my god I was on the floor when I actually realized what was said and then also Jack also comments in on that too about the gavel hitting his hands if he actually uh, lays a hand on Tara as well oh I didn't I didn't realize that. that. No. Yeah, he actually chimes in on that whenever they have the hit out on him or something like that. And something winds up happening to Tara and Jack snaps on Clay. Oh, yeah, when Clay put the hit out on her, right? right. Okay, yeah. I think I remember that now. And then uh, I also like the other guy, the one who masturbates all the time Charlie or Chucky. Yeah, yeah Chucky. <laughs> Yes, and like the endless puns, the endless puns when I think it was um, when the sheriff, Sheriff Rob, was it Robinson? I can't remember his name, but he came in and like searched Teller Morrow and Chucky was back there just slaving away with some chili and they accidentally killed somebody somewhere along the line. So he like has the head, the spare head and the freaking chili and um between Chucky and Gemma the puns were phenomenal because like I I can't quote it but and do it justice but oh my god it was just hilarious I agree so (laughs) like I man I still remember the first season like when they first bring him in and (laughs) he's over there masturbating in front of Clay and everything and Clay's just (laughs) looking at him Yes, and then remember they also gave him the tr- to the triads too in exchange for the money. Yep, yep, and they cut all his fingers off, <laughs> right? Or every all his 
Yeah, all his fingers but his thumbs. Right, because he can't really do anything with nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> but another good character that they brought in was Jimmy Smith's character towards the end of the seasons, which is Gemma's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, Hob- Habanero. I put all yeah. the time, but, uh... <laughs> I, know, I can't think of him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. he, he was he was very good actually, you know, kind of playing all all fields. Exactly. But not only that, he was like more of a father figure than what Clay was to him. Absolutely. And you can actually yeah, tell him first. Right. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. <clears throat> but what uh, I know that I don't know if you're into like Black Seals or anything like that, which is a show that everybody's been telling me that I need to get into, and I'm not. Sh- I need to get into that one. <laughs> I have not heard about it. It's actually a pirate show that co- used to come up on Stars. So, oh, it's something that I need to actually check out. It's something that I know that I'm gonna enjoy, but. I'm going to check and see if it's actually going to be on HBO Max or something like that, because I really don't want to pay extra on Hulu for stars. Right. But. I can give you my Hulu information. It's fine, because I have stars on my package. Okay. Because I stars in HBO. <laughs> I think I'm just. So, yeah. But another good show is Castle Rock, because I know you're also into Stephen King. Oh, I absolutely love him. Another thing, too, is he was actually a guest star on Sons of Anarchy as well. He was. He was the, the cleanup crew. Yeah, for, the cleaner. Um, yep. Yeah. Super strange. <laughs> of course, he's always playing, you know, a two-second role in something. Like, right. I know in right. Rose Red, which is my favorite Stephen King film, um, he's like the pizza delivery guy. Yep. and um. Yeah, but but between Rose Red and The Stand, I can't. Or gosh, I forgot Firestarter. You know, young Drew Barrymore, and I'm just, ugh, I just love him. Those are great films. Same here. And then of course Castle Rock is really good. I love the second season. I didn't really care for the first season that much, but mm-hmm. the second season was my favorite. I've got to check that out too. I. I wasn't sure if you saw that or not. No, I haven't. I'm, like I said, sometimes I live under a rock. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you, set the tone for a little bit for, uh, you know, for the second season. Because the first season's dealing with Shawshank and everything. Yeah. But the <laughs> second season's dealing with Misery. Oh. And what they do with Misery is, you would think that that's all they're going to be covering is Misery. But it's not. They cover uh, Pet Cemetery. They cover uh, Salem's Lot. Ooh. So they combined it all into one season of little small nuggets here and there. And they use Pet Cemetery as a way for, uh, for something that actually happens in the events of the second season as well, blended in with Misery. Because I think if they would have just put in Misery, I think it would be just like, okay, paint by the numbers kind of TV show that's still the same right. kind of thing that we saw in the movie with Kathy Bates. So, I'm glad they went on a different route. Absolutely. Like, that... 
Yeah, because there's only so much you can do with Missouri. <laughs> but I do have to say, Kathy Bates did nail that part. Let me tell you. She, oh, she's another phenomenal actress to me. Like, I love the versatility that she has as well. You know, and American Horror Story. Like, that wasn't my most favorite. But I kind of have an old soul, so I like my, my fried green tomatoes and, of course, Misery and... I'm just like, yep. Always finding myself circulating to watching one of those. <laughs> but most definitely because Kathy Bates just has a way of bringing out certain characters, especially when you look at Dolores, uh, Dolores Claiborne, which is also another Stephen King movie that she did. Yeah. I don't know if you saw... Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, mean... I completely agree with you. So. <laughs> Let me think of, there might be something else that I might be missing from something that I wanted to talk about too that I really enjoyed from binging because I I think that's about it that I binged besides Raising Dion on Netflix, which was, a, which was a good show. I don't know if you saw that or not. No, I have not. Think of, okay, it, it's a good, it's a fantastic show. It's highly underrated. It's actually maybe an eight or ten episode show, and it's actually perfectly well done. But it's about a single mother who's trying to raise her son. Michael B. Jordan plays a short part in it. He's actually the kid's father, and he winds up dying. And basically, she's a single mother who's trying to take care of her son, but then her son discovers that he has superpowers. So she's trying to figure out how to actually raise her son and be a single mother with him having superpowers. And then you also have John Ritter's son, who's actually in this movie too, that's actually kind of like the Miyagi of trying to teach him how to be control his powers. Oh, okay. Too. So it's actually pretty good. Absolutely. It sounds good. So I'll have to check that one out as well. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see myself as just calling you or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm watching every single thing that you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Be right back. I'm streaming on five different televisions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotta watch them all. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that I wanted to try and cover with you, unless there was something else that you wanted to actually talk about. No, that's that's about it. Um, for now. <laughs> okay. Well, I do want to say thank you again, Jessica. I do appreciate you being on the show. And, you know, it's been fun. This has been a really fun episode and everything. I'm glad that you wanted to do this. And I hope that you do come back to do more episodes with me. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for today. So until next time, bye-bye. Hey, Jessica, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I just want to say thank you for doing this. Oh, it's not a problem. All right. So I'm just going to go in and introduce the show. Then we'll go ahead and go with the interview. Okay. All right. Hello, movie. For today's podcast, I have an independent artist. Also, too, she does a little bit of drawing. She also does some writing for music as well. And that is Jessica Luthi. Is that right? Am I saying it right? Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. I finally got it right. I should have it right after 20 years of us being friends. Oh, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, like... hello to everyone. <clears throat> what is it? I'm sorry. Uh, I said, say hello to everyone. Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. 
<laughs> so anyways, my first question is this, like when you're writing a song or anything like that, what goes through your mind first whenever you're actually trying to put something together? Um, actually, I really don't think about anything. It's kind of a stress reliever for me. So I kind of just escape in whatever I'm feeling. So I use it um, to reflect feelings and what I'm thinking and just kind of get through the daily stressors. Right. Um, so it's, it's fun whenever I can do it, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another thing, too, is that I'm actually kind of interested in, like, how do you come up with the melodies for the songs that you're actually writing? Because I know that's actually something that is something different whenever it comes down to writing lyrics. But how do you actually put the melodies with the lyrics? Um, actually, what I do, I start out with lyrics um, and I try to portray my music with how, well, I guess... Um, my melodies with how I feel um if I'm going for like sad girl vibes or happy vibes whatever um it just all reflects on what I'm trying to say so when I do find just the right lyric I kind of play it over and over in my head um and I try to match sounds on whatever instrument I am playing with the word I'm saying, if if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Another thing, too, I was just wondering, like, what is your favorite instrument to actually play? I know you play a little bit of piano. I know you play a little bit of acoustic guitar. You do a little bit of electric guitar. I'm dabbling in drums as well. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) I find that drums are actually pretty fun um, because, you know, you have a reason to beat the shit out of something. So um, I can't necessarily do that with a piano or a guitar because that's a lot of money. (laughs) But um, I I think my favorite is to play um, the electric because that kind of reflects my style more. Um, You know, I'm a rocker heart at heart so i'm trying to do what i can but then again i i do like the acoustic there's you can't do so much with an acoustic as you can an electric because you know the versatility but it's it's not bad at all it's very relaxing and i highly recommend it (laughs) exactly challenging challenging though because um i started with the piano when i was six so um i've played it for quite a few years and my brain was programmed to read sheet music, whereas with like tablature and stuff for a guitar, it's very challenging. So I'm trying to like rotate what I'm reading when it just does not work out. So I rely a lot on musician or YouTube. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm quite self-taught, but I like to play what I whatever I like to play. So exactly and with me though i'm mo- mostly like uh listen by ear kind of person oh fancy you yeah. <laughs> so basically that's how i actually learned the guitar a little bit that's also how i learned to play the piano a little bit so that's how i was able to actually pick up on certain things with by just by listening so i can't read sheet music for shit <laughs> I, i'm not <laughs> Well, I rely on acronyms to do sheet music and tablature, but still learning on the tablature sheet music I got. But, you know, it, it can be challenging if you don't know what to do. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you're looking at the measures, the four, 
the fours and four, whatever that is on the left. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting like I know what I'm talking fine. about. <laughs> I'm acting like I know what I'm talking about, but I really don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't so. lo- don't lose your listeners. I mean, come no, come on, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're like um, question mark thought bubble. <laughs> um. My other thing too is like, what actually motivates you to write? What's actually your inspiration behind it? What bands do you actually listen to when you're actually doing, when you're actually writing other music? Influencers are <laughs> the great Aaron Lewis. Like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's always been an influencer of mine. Um, But I, you know, with the new music, I really enjoy Billie Eilish. Like she, she's pretty cool. She's a pretty cool, dude. Um, <laughs> but as far as like classic goes, I love Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. You know, the classic rock. Right. I love classic eighties um, like metal bands. You know, Motley Crue, and I was actually supposed to go see them next week, but you know, since covid um everything's canceled so that's a bummer it is a bummer because like motley crew is going to be it was the tour with joan jett and poison and um def leopard so i I don't know like i wasn't really expecting to have my socks knocked (laughs) off but right just to say i've been able to go because when i went to louder than life back in september um you know everybody has their own opinion especially when it comes to music and I love Guns N' Roses, don't get me wrong, but live, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me about how awful they were actually live. Yeah, yeah like they showed up like 45 minutes past their set time. Classic Axel. And, oh, I know, right? I know. And I was, I was very disappointed. But I do have to say the vibe was pretty chill because there were all these like the hippies so you want to call it whatever I, I don't know but they freaking cracked me up because this dude with like long hair picture um if you picture joe dirt aging maybe like 20 years um he came up to me and he was like have you ever seen the, uh guns and roses before and i'm like <laughs> no dude like i didn't know who they were until i was like 12 <laughs> but uh he was like, well, they're freaking awesome, man. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Like, just go crawl back under that rock you came out of. we be totally fine. <laughs> kind of like that dude from uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, where he goes, dishes are done, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I know. Yes, yes, but, yes, yes. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes the concert goes is actually pretty, it's just as much fun as the actual concert is, but depending on the vibe. Absolutely. And like, I love going to rock and metal shows because I love the rock and metal community. They, you know, they're pegged to be these awful people, but they're not. They're freaking sweethearts. And I mean, yeah, you're going to come across your regular douche canoe, but that's expected to happen. Right. (laughs) You can run into just about any one of those on the streets or whatever. So, I mean. Yeah, but for the most part, everyone is they're really nice they'll give you the shirt off their back you know just don't piss them off exactly (laughs) (laughs) you piss them off and you're you're fucked so (laughs) yeah you'll be winding up on the floor and everything during the mosh pit and then they'll be stomping the hell out of you pretty yeah and if you ever attend a slipknot concert (laughs) all i'm saying 
<sighs> you, you better bring a lot of ibuprofen and some crutches because you will be crawling the fuck out of there. Definitely. <laughs> I know I did. And I mean, I would 10 out of 10 not recommend it, but I would totally do it again. Same here as it well. Great. Because, right. I agree with you on the whole Slipknot thing because I was actually within, I wouldn't say a foot in the mosh pit area in the New Orleans mosh pit of Slipknot and it was concrete. So, nice. Yeah, I mean, so I was in gravel yeah. <laughs> and Chuck Taylor. So if you can just like imagine that, it was yeah. not very comfortable, but no. I, I get it. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's so fun. Like it's, it's what you go for. Exactly. You know, you don't um, go for another thing too. I wanted to ask you about too was like, when it comes down to your draw- drawing and stuff like that, what kind of energy do you actually get into it whenever it comes down to you picking out what you want to draw and how you want to draw it and what influenced you on that? Well, again, um, my feelings, like I, I just use it as an escape. And what I usually draw, it's when my heart is breaking, so to speak. And I try to reflect what I'm feeling on a piece of paper and it's the same thing as music like it it just boils down to what type of energy I have versus if I'm chill or I I want to I don't know if I want to be energetic and actually drag my instruments out and you know do something right (laughs) versus drawing I can just get my little sketch pad that I have in my my backpack purse I carry around everywhere and just whip it out and do whatever I'm, I'm feeling like whatever I'm inspired by at the moment, but <clears throat> a lot of it has to do with, I, I feel like I can portray my heart breaking on paper more than I can with music because music is like a happy escape. Drawing is a sad escape. Um, I can definitely say that for you, especially as long as I've known you and everything, I can definitely tell the difference between the two. Yeah. Like <laughs> sad girl vibes. <laughs> <laughs> But another thing, too, is, like, if you were to do this, would you want to do something like this professionally? Or is this something that you just want to do something? I would actually, I would actually really love to. Um, I know back in 2008 when I graduated, um, I, (laughs) I applied to art school and I got accepted. However... Like there was like some drama, like family drama with that as to why I couldn't um, enroll, like actually attend. But um, I, I don't know, like I just have a really hard time with going to school and having someone tell me how I should draw or how I should paint. And I just feel like art is a way to express yourself. Right. And, you know, there's all forms of art. It's it's just what you're feeling and what you want to reflect and what you want people to see. And you have to, and I know in my experience, you have to learn how to be vulnerable. Right. And if you can't take constructive criticism, don't do it. <laughs> exactly. And that's also the same thing with what Kelly Silva said about acting as well. She said, if you, and she's actually an acting coach, she, she said to her students, if you cannot handle criticism or anything like that, this is not for you. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to give you constructive criticism. 
But if you can't handle it, you need to go on and find yourself another career path because this one's not for you. Absolutely. So it's the same level on that part too. And I do agree with you on the fact that you don't want somebody else telling you how to draw and not only that, but then they'll also criticize you for the way you actually drew something that was actually in your head. And mm-hmm. to me, art is subjective. It's not something that's supposed to be something that's supposed to be measured. And for someone to go ahead and say that isn't something that they wanted you to do that you thought of in your head, I find that absolutely wrong because that's actually how you actually pictured it in your head. Exactly. And I actually had a art teacher in the 12th grade and everything. And, you know, he was actually criticizing everything I did. And of course I had my hand up. He would ignore me. I'm like, okay. So I would go in here, draw a little bit. And one of my friends goes, you know, you're doing that. I said, I know I'm doing it on purpose. Watch what's going to happen. No, did you go over there and snap his arm off? Because that's what I would have done. No, (laughs) but I did was, I knew he would ignore me if I had my hand up and everything. So I just started drawing and everything. All of a sudden he goes, you're doing that wrong. I said, I need help. (laughs) He goes, excuse me? I said, I need help. You're helping everybody else, but I had my hand up. You're ignoring me. This is why this is all fucked up. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah. Uh, So anyways, let's just say I passed the history part of art, but I not passed the physical, physical quality of (laughs) Because all I can do now is just draw stick people, and that's all I can do. <laughs> hey, that it's it's what you do with those stick people that count. That's true. There was even a website <laughs> called stickdeath.com. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which it's I like salad it's... fingers. It's like the little shorts on YouTube of salad right. fingers. And, you know, just draw a box and a circle and a couple of limbs. You're good. Right. And it's all about the creativity you put behind it. So. <laughs> Boom, billion dollar idea. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. Exactly. Which for the record, I freaking love salad fingers. So <laughs> absolutely love them. So let's see here. I know that you are into a lot of TV shows. <laughs> like yeah. just about every single time I turn around, you're always binging something. Absolutely. So, and I'm also doing the same thing. That I find myself doing the same thing that you're doing, especially everything that Tamika finds too. She's like, "Oh, you need to check this out." I'm like, "Okay, I'll do it." She goes, "No, you need to go ahead and do it." I'm like, "Okay, fine." Yes, <laughs> yes. I love people like that. Like it's, just, it's great. I love it. Is, it, is, it, is, it, it is fantastic. But what are some of the things that you're actually binging at the moment? Well, at the moment, um, I'm kind of behind on Riverdale, but that's one of my favorite series is like, I love Riverdale and I love the Vampire Diaries. Like, excuse me for being such a chick, but like, I like this CW has, has it going on, whatever. But what I find too, Netflix has a lot of great originals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the most recent um the last kingdom if you're into like the game of thrones type you know medieval settings Mm -hmm. i highly recommend the last kingdom um they just released their new season uh about a month ago month and a half ago Mm -hmm. and it is spectacular i've already crunched that it's it's in the books Um, (laughs) yeah it's a netflix original um then i also uh, you know, when I'm in my feels or whatever, I like 13 Reasons Why, which I haven't finished that yet 
because I've been seeing mixed reviews about it because it's like I don't like how it ended and all this and that which it, it is what it is I mean it nothing can always be perfect and then also um lock and key I don't know if you've watched it yeah. but yeah I've actually done a review on that well that's great because I'm I'm a little late to the to the trend you know because hey. I lived under I live under a rock and work like 80 hours a week but right. I watched it and I tell you I was I was very pleased with it you know um the imaging and the cinematics and whatnot totally recommend <laughs> same here as well because what I loved loved about that was yes off of a graphic novel from Joe Hill which is Stephen King's son but mm-hmm. I love the whole entire thing that each key has a different way of actually doing something. And it's like, yeah. okay, what key do I find myself that I would want to have? That's the that's the thing that I was wondering while I was watching it. You know? It's like, what key would I want out of the whole entire deal? You know? Yeah, that I try to find comedy in everything. It's like one of my favorite genres. Um... Because who doesn't like to laugh, you know? Exactly. So I have this, I visualize everything. It's just who I am. So I'm watching Lock and Key, and I imagine Adam Sandler in Click, you know? <laughs> he, <laughs> there's this universal remote. So what if there's a universal key? So right. what if they met? What would happen in this universal room with this universal remote? And like, you know, then there's this, the haunting of Hill House in the back of my mind. Like, there's this, the red room. Okay, well, what happens in this red room, you know? Exactly. I'm so excited, too, for The the Haunting of Hill House, um, the second season, to come out. The I'm first season was it. really good. I really enjoyed it. At first, it was hard for me to follow because I wasn't sure exactly where they were going with it. Because it goes from flashbacks to present day, and it doesn't actually tell you what are flashbacks and what's not flashbacks. So it's kind of confusing if you don't pay attention to it very closely. Oh, absolutely. And I fully agree. But I, I, I'm one of the thousands out there that have ADHD. So I followed it perfectly. You know, it's like, okay, (laughs) my attention's gone. (laughs) What's happening now? But I tell you, that's, that's another show that's phenomenal. Um, Then, you know, when I, when I have time to, binge things I do. Let's see. Another show that I would actually recommend is I'm Not Okay With This. I don't know. Huh? Hello? 